Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you with me once again. And today I'm going to be sharing with you a sermon that I preached in our live service here in Goiânia, Brazil. And I know it's going to be a real help. You know, if you ask the question, who wants to have a better life, then everybody's going to lift their hands. But the reality is there's two roads to get to that better life. And I want to show you the road less traveled, the road of grace. Okay, And it's uh, a revelation that if you get it and you just stick on it and stay in that place of grace, I like to say, then you're going to see how the Lord's going to bless you, bless you abundantly. So tune on in after the music. I'll be back. Trust you enjoy. share a message with you today about how you can receive accelerated blessings in your life. Say accelerated blessings. Bensons acelerados, okay? How you can receive them. And I feel it's an important message because everybody wants to have a blessed life. Agreed? Do you want to have a better life? Yes? You want to be happier? You want to be healthier? You want to be more prosperous? Do you know somebody who wants to be sicker? Uh, poorer? Weaker? No. Everybody wants a better life. Isn't that right? But I've discovered there are two roads you can choose to get to a better life. Imagine the better life is here. Okay? And we're here. So there are two roads to the better life. And Jesus said that there's a wide road and there's a narrow path. There are many people on the wide road. There are few people on the narrow path. The wide road is easy to find, but the narrow path is difficult to find. I want to show you today that there's two roads and I want to encourage you to take the narrow path, the path of grace. Hallelujah. Because we're at the beginning of a year, February 2022, okay? Normally, at the beginning of the year, people have visions, they have dreams, they have goals. They write down my goals for the year. And then, in January and February, they start doing their goals. I must work harder. I must study harder. I must learn English. I must go to the gym to lose my belly. Hello. <laughs> I must start karate. I must travel. I must write a book. I must read a book. They have goals, goals, goals. And what happens is that many people work, 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 trying to get to the better life. But the problem is they get tired, they get disappointed, and when they get to March and April, they're already burning out, already tired. And they never get to the goals. They never finish the year. Why? Because they're walking in their own strength. They're walking in their own power. They're trying to get things done by their own goodness 
or by their own merit. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's the common path. That's the wide road. That's what most people do. They read books on self-help, trying to become better, trying to do more, and they get tired. They get stressed. I want to show you another path today. The path of grace. The path where you don't walk in your own strength, you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't depend upon your own goodness, you depend upon the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't, you don't work to get things done, you rest and God does them for you. Say amen. And if you walk on this narrow path, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, you'll notice that I got faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. When you walk in the grace of God, your life will get better and better and you will learn to walk faster and faster to achieve your goals. Say amen. You know, some years ago, I ran a marathon, 42 kilometers. Woo! <laughs> I'm, I, I, I finished the race, hallelujah. Even today, I run almost every day, maybe 10 kilometers, 10 kilometers, not 42, 10. But the best marathon runners, the professionals, the top guys, they run a marathon in two hours very fast. But that's not the most extraordinary thing. You know what the most amazing thing is that they don't, most people run fast at the beginning and slow at the end. But the top runners, they run fast at the beginning and faster at the end. Say to your neighbor, you're going to be fast at the beginning and you're going to be faster at the end. That's the way of grace. That's the way of grace. I'm going to put a scripture up from the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. And Paul says these words, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. This is the great Apostle Paul. Are you there? Are you there? There it is. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. The word in Portuguese is inútil, uh, unuseful. In other words, I used the grace. Uh, there was grace available and I used it. You know, there's grace available for everybody, but only some people use it, okay? Some people walk in their own strength, other people use the grace of God, okay? And Paul said, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was within me. Paul here is saying, that he worked harder, trabalhava mais, okay? Worked harder than all the other apostles. But listen to me. He was not comparing his life 
with Peter, Pedro. He was not comparing his life with John, João, okay, or James, Tiago. He was saying, I have worked harder than Peter, James, John, Bartholomew. All of them together, I, did, I worked harder. Think with me. Everybody understand me. There were 12 apostles. Paul worked harder than all of them altogether. In other words, he did 12 times more work than them. 12 times more. I'm here to teach you how to do 12 times more than everybody else. Say hallelujah. And because he worked 12 times more, he got 12 times more fruit, 12 times more influence, 12 times more impact. Let me ask you the question, who started the churches in the Gentile nations? Paul. Who traveled around Asia and Europe, turning the world upside down? Paul. Who wrote the majority of the letters in the New Testament? Paul. God blessed Paul. The presence of God was upon Paul. Uh, the power of God was on Paul. He had an energy from heaven. Why? He says it here. Because he used the grace of God, not his own strength. <clears throat> Which road do you want to be on? The wide road or the narrow path? Huh? Your own strength or the strength of the Lord? Walking by your own goodness or by the grace of God? I know you have goals. I want you to have a great life. This is the year of acceleration, accelerated results, accelerated blessings. But how do we get them? Huh? Trying, working, studying. No, no, no. Huh? I'm going to teach you to have faith in Christ. And he will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Say amen. Now, but here's my question. And I'm a little concerned right now. Because I want you to understand what I'm saying. Because I want to go a little bit deeper. Say deeper. Deeper, deeper huh? Into the Word of God. I want to show you something wonderful about Jesus. Something glorious about Jesus. Okay. So that you can understand that the promise of accelerated blessings is not just positive thinking. Mm. But it's a promise from heaven. It's available to you. I'm going to show you. It's good to have positive thoughts. It would be good for me, Giles, to say, this year will be the best of your life. That's good. It's good. It's good. It's good for me to say, you're going to have accelerated blessings. It's good. But what proof do I have? How can she be sure? How can she be certain? Am I just being a nice guy, hoping good things? I am being a nice guy. I am a nice guy. Uh, but 
Being a nice guy won't change her life. Having positive thinking won't change her life. But when she realizes that this is written by God, purchased by Jesus, available to her, now it will change her life. Because it's not about Giles, it's about Jesus. Say amen, please. Now I want to show you some things in the Old Testament that reveal what Jesus did. Remember the stories of the Old Testament are types, shadows, to show us what Jesus did, who he is, okay? So they, when we read the Old Testament, we must look for Jesus. He's there. He's there. In the book of Leviticus, in chapter 6, you will read about five offerings, five types of offerings. Leviticus, okay? And uh, each of these offerings reveal what Jesus did on the cross, okay? There's the offering, for example, the burnt offering. In Portuguese, we say o holocausto. The burnt offering, there's the, uh, the, the uh, we say in English, the meal or the cereal offering. There's the peace offering. There's the sin offering. And there's the transgression offering, huh? the offering for trespasses. Can you repeat them? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. I want to talk to you just about one of them. Okay. Just one of them. The trespass offering. And here, uh, oh Lord, I thought that would happen. Desh. Oh God. Here in Leviticus chapter 6, thank you brother, thank you. Let me read just a little bit for you. Can we read it together, in fact, from, from verse 4? Then it shall be, because he has sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore what he has stolen, and the thing which he has extorted, or what was delivered to him for safekeeping, or the lost thing which he found, or all that about which he has sworn falsely, he shall restore its full value, add one-fifth more to it, and give it to whoever it belongs on the day of his trespass offering. And then verse 6, he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord, a ram without blemish from the flock. Let me explain. Okay, let me explain. What this is saying is that if somebody steals and he is caught, then he has to pay back what he stole. Yes? He steals a sheep, he must give back the sheep. Agreed? Okay. If he steals a car, he would need to give back the car. He needs to restore what was stolen. Agreed? But here it says that he needs to do more than that. He needs not just to give the sheep, but he needs to give one-fifth more. Can you see that? One-fifth. One-fifth is 20%. Say 20%. Are you following me? So if somebody steals from you, then 
they have to pay back not 100%, but 120%, okay? So you get more than you lost. Say hallelujah. Okay, now watch this. In Psalm 69, Psalm 69, please, Daniel, and verse 4, I want you to turn there. Remember that to pay for this sin, he had to bring a ram without blemish. Who is the ram? Who is the lamb of God without blemish? Jesus Christ. He is the spotless, sinless lamb of God. So the offering points to Jesus. Remember I said there are five offerings. Why five? Because all the five show the beauty and the glory of the offering of Jesus. Huh? Do you understand? Okay. Now, so Jesus is the ram who was slain. Here in Psalm 69, verse 4, the scripture says, Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs on my head. Do you know that Jesus quoted that scripture in John chapter 15? Yes. So this psalm is a messianic psalm. Say messianic. What's a messianic psalm? It's a psalm that points to the Messiah, to Jesus. Because he said it. They hate me without a cause. But this was written a thousand years earlier. So Jesus is talking, saying, this psalm is about me. This is who I am. I'm the person who is hated without a cause. You following? If you come down to on verse 4, though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. Huh? Jesus is saying, I didn't steal it, but I will restore it. Mm. Watch me here, please. I want to go a little deeper. Hallelujah. On the cross at Calvary, Jesus was put in your place. Huh? He who was perfect, he who was spotless, he who was sinless, became sin with our sinfulness so that we who were sinful could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can you see the divine exchange on the cross? The perfect one became imperfect so that the imperfect ones could become perfect. He got what we deserve so that we could get what he deserved. Hallelujah. Amen. He became the serpent on the cross so that we could become the sons in heaven. Hallelujah. So, what am I saying? Is that we were the thieves. We were the sinners. We needed to pay back. Okay? Pay back for all of our sins. But Jesus is saying here, I'm going to pay back in your place. Hallelujah. Let me try and be clearer still. Remember 120%? Jesus is saying here, listen, you should pay it, but I'm going to pay it for you. Are you understanding? You should pay back, but be still, be quiet. 
I will make the payment for you. I am going to be the thief, not you. I am going to be the sinner, not you. I am going to be the robber, or ladrón, not you. So now it's my responsibility to pay back. Oh, I hope you can follow what I'm saying. And listen to me, even though we were the thieves, we were the criminals, now who does he pay back? He pays us back. We sinned, and yet we get paid. Father, mm. hallelujah. Am I messing with your head? I hope so. Because grace does not make sense. Grace is a different logic. It's the logic of heaven. It's the high thoughts of heaven. You can't understand it with your natural mind. You can only understand it by revelation. We who deserve to die are now getting blessed with prosperity and health and long life and goodness and honor and blessing. Wow! Huh? We who were like the two thieves on the cross, that, was, that cross was for us. We were the third thief, you and me. But Jesus said, stand back. I will be the third thief. I will die with the thieves. And now I will pay you back. I'll give you 120%. Fala hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what you've lost in life. But I'm here to say that God's going to give you much more than you have lost. Yes, trust in him. I don't know if you've stolen things from other people. Say, ouch. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know what you've done. I don't want to know what you've done. But all of us have done some terrible things. Some of us have stolen. Yes. Money or, I don't know, things. Maybe on the internet. It's very quiet now. Very quiet. Maybe you've robbed people. You, were, you are here on earth to be a blessing. But instead of being a blessing, you've had uh, hard words. You've been difficult. Instead of inspiring people, you've held them back. You've robbed them of opportunity. You've robbed them of encouragement. But I'm here to tell you, don't worry. Jesus is going to pay you even though you were the thief. Let me say it again. He's going to bless you even though you're the thief. Are you following me? Okay, let me try and put this principle into uh, an example for you. Who remembers Pedro, Peter, the apostle? Yes? Think with me about Peter. He was the disciple who walked closest with Jesus. Peter, James, and John. The three. Yes? He was the one uh, always at the side of Jesus. Woo! I'm with Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh, but Peter was also the one who denied Jesus three times. Do you remember? Hmm? The big, tough Peter, the strong, manly fisherman Peter was the weak, pathetic Peter who denied Jesus to a little girl. I don't know him. I swear I don't know him. And he even swore, used, how do you say, Palavrão, 
juros, huh? he cursed and swore and said, I don't know this guy. The big man was really a little boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Huh? This guy broke at the most important time in Jesus's life. He denied him. Imagine if your best friend denies you. How would you feel? Hurt? Betrayed? What would you do to him? Ciao. Would you want him to walk with you anymore? Mm -mm -mm. In my most difficult moment, you abandoned me. Get out of my life. That's how you would be. Is that not right? But Jesus is different than us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts as the heavens are above the earth. His ways are higher than our ways. Jesus did not kick Peter off the team, even though Peter was weak. Isn't that right? Uh, isn't that right? In fact, if you remember the Bible story, after Jesus rose from the dead, the women went to the tomb. Yes? Sorry, after he was buried, the women went to the tomb. Say, thank God for women. The women were the thirsty ones. The women were the passionate ones. Maria, Mary, and Mary Magdalene, and Salome, and these... Where were the men? Hello? Jesus rose from the grave. Just the women there. No men. Where are my boys? Where are the twelve? Where are the ones who walked with me? No, no, just the women. Just the women. But Jesus didn't judge the disciples. What did he say? Jesus didn't kick all the twelve. Get out! Get out! Get out! Huh? You all abandoned me. No. Jesus spoke to the women and he said, go and tell my disciples. You girls, go and tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. Hallelujah. That's grace. That's grace. When you fail him, he still loves you and wants to bless you. When you deny him, he doesn't deny you. Hallelujah. The one who denied him, Peter, was the very one he remembered when he rose from the dead. Find Peter. Tell my disciples and Peter, especially Peter. Peter needs to know that I still love him and I'm going to bless him. I'm going to show him grace, not judgment, not criticism, but grace, goodness, and blessing and, and honor. Hallelujah. Watch this. Remember the story. Peter goes fishing with the disciples. Jesus appears on the beach. Hallelujah. Throw your nets in to the right side. Peter does it. It fills with 153 fish. They pull them in. Peter realizes it's the Lord. He dives in. He goes to Jesus. Jesus is preparing breakfast for his disciples. Say, hallelujah. The Son of God preparing breakfast for his disciples. The ones who 
denied him. The ones who betrayed him. The ones who weren't there at his grave. But Jesus, still loving, still preparing, still serving, still blessing. And then he turns to Peter and he says, Peter, uh, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to look after my lambs. I want you to lead my flock. Hallelujah. The one who least deserved it got the highest blessing. Say amen, somebody. You see, grace wants to find people who don't deserve it. Are you hearing? God is on the case. He wants to show you that even though you failed, you're much loved. And not just loved, but you're going to be mightily used by God. Say amen. I hope you're following me here today. Let me ask you a question. When Peter denied Jesus, what part of his body was the problem? Think with me. What did he do? Hmm? The mouth. His mouth. I don't know him. I never saw him. His mouth was the problem. Where did Jesus bless? The mouth. It's all where the place where the most sin happened, now the most blessing happens. Why? Because when Peter got up to speak at the day of Pentecost, he was the one who preached. And what happened? 3,000 people were saved. The one whose mouth denied Christ now preached Christ. And a huge harvest happened. Much blessing. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here today? Mm? Jesus wants to bless you in the place where you failed. In the place of your failure is going to be the place of your blessing. Maybe you failed in your marriage. Hello. It's going to be the place of your blessing. Maybe 2021 you failed in your finances. It's going to be the place of your blessing. You're going to prosper in 2022. You're going to have accelerated blessings, not because you worked, 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 worked. No, because you rested in the grace of God. You believed in the grace. You've wanted the grace of God. Think with me quickly here. Think with me. Uh, Judas, Judas betrayed Christ. In one way, he did the same as Peter. Peter denied, Judas betrayed. What was the difference? What was the difference then? Judas did not rest on the grace of God. Judas tried to pay for his sin with his own works. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He tried to resolve the sin problem by killing himself. He hung, hung, okay, on a tree. Judas, he didn't need to hang because the next day Jesus hung on a cross for all sinners. He could have been saved. But instead of trusting in grace, he trusted in his own works, his own righteousness. I'm asking you today, 
to walk a different path. God wants to prosper you. Say amen. God wants to use you. Say amen. God's got a great ministry for you. Hallelujah. But you're not going to get there by your works. You're going to get there by grace. By trusting in Him. By exalting Him. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? I'm going to give you quickly an Old Testament example. An Old Testament. Peter in the New. I'm going to use Abraham in the Old. Why Abraham? Well, you know, Abraham had a covenant with God. An alliance. Alianza. Okay. And Abraham's covenant was a covenant of faith, not of works. The covenant of Moses was a covenant of the law. Yes, the law. Say the law. Okay. How does that work? If you obey my commandments, you'll be blessed. If you disobey my commandments, you'll be cursed. Okay? It's all about works. But the covenant with Abraham wasn't. It was about faith. And our covenant today is also about faith. We have faith in the grace of God. We have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, think about Abraham, because he's a key for us. He shows us how grace works. Abraham was the man who walked closest with God in his generation. He was like Peter. He was the mate of God, the friend of God. Hallelujah. He knew Jehovah better than anyone else. But Abraham had a beautiful wife. Say hallelujah. Amen. How many single people do we have? Singles, solter, huh? Desesperados. Yes, yes. <laughs> Desperate singles. How many married people do we have? Married people. Hallelujah. Let me give you some advice tonight. Uh, I married a girl from Goyais. Hallelujah. So I agree. The girls in Goyais are the most beautiful in the world. Hallelujah. São Paulo now. <laughs> okay. Abraham had a beautiful wife called Sarah. And even when Sarah was 89 years old, like your grandmother, Vovó, huh? 89 years old, she was still, woo -hoo -hoo. yes. Why do I know this? Because the Bible teaches us that the king of Egypt and then the king Abimelech, they looked at Sarah and they said, woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. I want that girl. Bring her to me. Do you remember the story? And twice, Abraham lied. Meant you. Huh? He said, this girl, she's not my wife. She's my sister. He lied. Huh? Why did he lie? I'll tell you why. Because he was trying to save himself. He thought, if they discover that she's my wife, they will They'll kill me. I don't want to die. So he lied to the king of Egypt and he lied to King Abimelech and told them, she's not my wife. She's my sister. But it's interesting. 
In Genesis chapter 20, and we won't read it because of time, but you can read the story that when Abimelech took Sarah to his palace, God appeared to him in a dream. And he said, you're a dead man, Abimelech. Huh? Stop, just stop here. Who caused the problem, Abimelech or Abraham? Who lied, Abimelech or Abraham? Abraham. Who was innocent in this story, Abimelech or Abraham? Innocent, Abimelech. He did nothing wrong. He saw a pretty girl. He said, is she your wife? No, she's my sister. Okay, I'll have her. <laughs> hmm? He did nothing wrong. He said, Lord, but I'm innocent. I thought she was single. Uh, but who did God judge? Who did he threaten? Who did he appear to? Abimelech or Abraham? Abimelech said, you're a dead man. He said, no, 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 don't kill me, Lord. I'm innocent. Did God exhort Abraham? No. Didn't exhort, didn't correct Abraham. He, he protected Abraham. He said, he's my prophet. He's my, my man. This is the man of God. And if you read the story to the end, you'll discover that Abimelech gave to Abraham sheep and cattle and 1,000 pieces of silver. Let me ask you the question. Did Abraham deserve that? No, no, no. Abraham lied. Peter denied. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They were the, the weak people, the cheats, the thieves, the problem people. And yet they're the ones who got blessed. And the guy who did it right, he got threatened by God. What does this teach us? That you're not blessed because of your goodness. You're blessed when you believe in the goodness of God. Hallelujah. It's not about you. It's about him. Faith in the grace of God brings you the abundant blessings of heaven. Not your performance. Not your goodness. You say that's unjust. No, it's not unjust. Because really, we all deserve to die. Yes. But God loves us. Hallelujah. And wants to bless us. Oh, I still don't think you are getting what I'm saying today. Uh, you're going to be blessed in 2022. Not because you're such a nice guy. You're going to be blessed because you rest in the grace of God. Hallelujah. Uh, these accelerated blessings, this best year of your life, which is here, you're going to achieve it, but not because you deserve it, huh? but because you've learned to exalt Jesus Christ. You've learned to trust in his blessings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 that he will restore seven times more to those who have been robbed. Say seven times. Amen. Uh, that doesn't mean if you've been cheated by your husband, you'll get now seven husbands. No, no, no. It means your husband will become seven times better. Say amen. Huh? And if your boyfriend ran off and hurt you, don't worry. You're going to get one seven times better. Say amen. Say amen, you girls. Hallelujah. 
accelerated blessings, multiplied blessings. Don't come to us because of self-help programs. Don't come because we work, 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 work. They come because of the grace of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Hallelujah. You've gone quiet on me. Is everybody following my English? Please. Why did God not rebuke Abraham? I'll tell you why. Because there's only one way that your heart can be conquered. Only one way. Not by threats, not by criticism, not by judgment. The human heart is conquered by love. The human heart is conquered by goodness, not by evil. Uh, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. God's going to bless you even when you don't deserve it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that will make you love him and love him and love him and love him. In the area of your weakness is going to be the place where God most blesses you. Hallelujah. The area you've had problems, God's going to reveal his grace. When God restores things, he doesn't restore them to their original state. He makes them better. When man restores things, we try to make them as good as the old version. We break a chair. We try and fix the chair. But it's never as good. But when God restores, he makes it even better. When Jesus saved us, he didn't just put us back into the Garden of Eden. He made it even better. He put the Garden of Eden inside of us. The kingdom of heaven on the inside. You know, God wants to do something wonderful in your life. Much better than you can ever imagine. This year, accelerated blessings are going to come to you in a supernatural way. Okay? Not by force, but by the Spirit. When you believe. When, let me help you here. You know, God is going to get blessed this year. Yes. God, God is going to uh, be, be even more blessed this year. And he's going to be blessed. He's going to be blessed. Because Adam sinned. The fact that Adam sinned is going to give God even more blessing. God was already glorified can be glorified because he's a creator. Do you agree? Can we glorify God because he's a creator? Yeah. If somebody paints a beautiful picture, an artist, we should honor that person if it's beautiful. Agreed. If it's very, very beautiful, let's give them lots of honor. God didn't paint a picture. He made the universe. Is he worthy of honor? Yeah. I agree. But you know, because Adam sinned, 
God now is no longer just creator. He's now redeemer. He's the one who came to save. Hallelujah. Paid the price. So now he's worthy of more honor and glory. Would you agree? There's a level of glory that comes through him being creator. There's a higher level of glory that comes through him being savior, redeemer. Hallelujah. When he was just creator, Adam was his creature. But when he died to save Adam and his sons, uh, he was no longer just creator. Now he became father, father of the family. Much more glory. I'm trying to explain this to you. God's going to be blessed this year. Yes. Because more and more people are going to know him as savior not just as creator more and more glory will go and it's actually good that adam sinned god allowed it to happen and he's turned what was evil into good god's now got the opportunity because of adam's sin to show who he really is the gracious good god of heaven it's also good for us that Adam sinned. Do you understand? It's good for us that Adam sinned. If Adam hadn't sinned, he would be here tonight. Think with me. How old would he be? I'll tell you. 6,025 years old. If Adam hadn't sinned, six, he would be sat here, Adam, 6,025 years old. But he wouldn't have gray hair. He'd be young and strong and fit. Because without sin, there's no death. But you know, I'm glad he's not here. Why? Because if he was here, we would all be anxious because if he sins, then we're all going to die. We're going to say, Adam, please don't sin. I know you're 6,000 years, you haven't sinned, but please keep it up. Keep being, keep being honest. Don't sin. Because as soon as you sin, we're all going to die. And then, if one of Adam's sons sins, we're all going to die. You're a son of Adam. So if you sin, or you sin, or you sin, or you sin, or you, then we're all going to die. So please don't sin. Please don't sin. Please don't sin. Please don't sin. Can you imagine how the world would be? We'd be going, please don't sin. Please don't sin. Don't sin. If you sin, we're going to die. It would be a nightmare. We would all be anxious. We would all live a life of uncertainty, worried about the future. But I'm here to tell you, I'm glad that Adam sinned. Why? Because now God has revealed Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? And because of Jesus' obedience, now we don't need to worry anymore. We can never die because Jesus was obedient to the death. It's finished. We're not worried anymore because he's already been judged. He's already obeyed. So no matter if you sin or I sin or she sins or he sins, 
it's already paid for, it's already dealt with, our future is secure, we can live a life of peace, anxiety doesn't need to be part of us, hallelujah, amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying here tonight? Amen. So I began by saying, there's accelerated blessings for you. Yeah. But I want you to get there. Not by trusting in your own goodness, but by trusting in the goodness of God. Okay? If you do that, you'll have a life of peace and joy. You'll run faster and faster. You'll achieve more and more. You'll get to your goals and you won't be stressed or sick huh? or depressed. Amen. Who believes what I've said tonight? Say amen if you believe it. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord bless you, my friend. Let me leave you this week with a prayer. Father, thank you so much that you have eternal life, long life, and abundant life for each one of us, and all offered by your grace. And Father, as we lift up the name of your Son, Jesus, in everything that we do, and as we rest in his finished work, I thank you that your amazing blessing, your double portion, your 120%, your seven times more will manifest in the lives of each one who's listening to me right now in the air of their marriages, their relationships, their finances, their ministries, their personal life. They're going to experience the abundant favor of the Lord. So bless each one, I pray in Jesus name. God bless you, my friends. Look forward to being with you again next week.